Welcome to the Evolution Exchange Australia podcast. We'll be bringing together the best technical leaders from across the industry to discuss passions, challenges, and ideas. I am Michaela, and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the JavaScript market. Everyone, welcome to the Evolution Exchange podcast. Here in Australia, we are bringing together the best tech leaders from across the Melbourne tech scene to discuss industry passions, challenges, and ideas. I am Michaela, and I connect businesses with talented contractors in the JavaScript market. So today here, I'm joined by Mo Abbas, which is the engineering manager at MYOB. I also have Avinash Vishwamakumar, um, engineering manager at ASOP. I also have Sivana Kulkarni, also in the engineering manager at Gentract. And also final but not least, um, we have Nusakat Ali, which is the product delivery manager at also MYOB. So we'll be discussing today the create and creating a culture to attract and retain top talent. So before we deliver deeper into the topics, let's work around let's work around the room and so we can all introduce ourselves. So Mo, do you want to start kicking off? Sure, yeah. Um thanks for having, uh, thanks for having us, Michaela. Um this is my first podcast. So yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, so uh, I'm an engineering manager at uh, MYOB. Uh, I look after what they call the uh, SME platform engineering team, and uh, and um, in this case, SME stands for small and medium um, enterprise. Uh, we look after quite a few teams, uh, sort of teams ranging from around 40 plus to th- sort of 30 plus um, people, and uh, we look after the um, I guess you can call it sort of the backend um, services uh, for some of our SaaS um, products and then also the uh, non-functional um, requirements for them. So that's things like uh, scalability, um, cost, um, security, uh, performance, and so on. And uh, another thing we look after as well is uh, customer data. So yeah, that's one thing that keeps me up at night. And I come from a DevOps and sort of platform engineering background. Thank you. Amazing, Mo. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, Savannah, do you want to go next? Sure, thanks, Mikaela. I'm Suvarna Kulkarni. I'm engineering manager at Gentrack. Uh, Gentrack is a leading provider of utilities, building software uh, for utilities, energy, water, and gas. Um, they have uh, offices across the globe and customers across the globe as well, like Australia, New Zealand, UK, Asia. Uh, I have recently joined Gentrack. Uh, before this, I was working for Hanson Technologies, which works in similar domain uh, as utilities. Um, I'm passionate about uh, delivering values to our customer. Uh, I have a, I work with engineers, testers, architects, and product owners, product designers to deliver value to customers. Passionate about growing teams, building high-performing teams, and um, um, making sure the individual get to their potential, you know, unleash their potential. So I, I love working with the team, and I think that is my strength as well, uh, building and growing teams. Outside uh, work, uh, I'll say I'll, I, I like, I enjoy gardening, I enjoy cooking, yoga, and I'm creative, so I like doing crafty things. <laughs> so uh, this is definitely a very good topic uh, that we are discussing today. So looking forward to our chat and thanks for the opportunity, Michaela. Thank you so much, Savannah, for sharing. Um, Avinash? Thanks, Michael. Uh, so uh, I am the engineering manager at ESOP, or rather one of the engineering managers at ESOP. 
ESOP, uh, I primarily look after the quality engineering space uh, for the company. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, ESOP's an Australian-born uh, skincare company. Um, we have a, f a complete technology operations in Australia, but we manage uh, all of our technology delivery from here globally for all the countries where we operate from. Um, outside of quality engineering, I look after some technology governance and delivery for some of our platform capabilities, uh, specifically around SAP and AWS. So uh, there are some pieces of work that we cover in that, in that area. Um, and outside of work, um, I am a dog father to a two-year-old Cavapoo, so that's a full-time job. And I'm also currently training to be a firefighter. So those are some of the other things that keeps me occupied outside of work. But it's lovely to meet everyone here. Thank you. Amazing, Avinash. Thanks so much for sharing that. It still blows my mind how busy you keep every day. But um, yeah, Nisakat, if you'd like to, to share a bit about you. Hi, Michaela. Um, thanks for having me here as well. Yeah, really excited. This is my first podcast, so... Uh, a little bit nervous but excited too. Um, so I'm a delivery manager here at uh, MYOB and I'm from the exact same domain and space as Mo. Um, so what I'll do is I'll talk about what the organization's about and my passions. So most of us know that MYOB is accounting software but what we don't realize it's no longer accounting software. It's actually become a business management platform which is I'd like to describe it as a one-stop shop for all your business workflow needs. You know so from customer management to supply chain management, project management, employee management, your finance management, did you know you can apply loans to? Um, so all those things plus your um, accounting and tax needs too. So uh, Mo and myself are really accountable for the platform itself um, and its health and everything we do on it. Um, together we manage six teams which comprise of 40 people in total. Uh, now, my background is a, of a business analyst, so I'm very new to the people management space, which is why this has really interested me here today. Um, but it's also a very big part of my role, um, uh, managing 40 people and ensuring that, you know, they're all happy, healthy, challenged and growing in their roles and as professionals. Um, so my passion at work is to create environments in which people want to come to work, um, they enjoy coming to work, and also they feel very safe to be their authentic selves at work every single day. Um, and aside from that, my other top passions are wasting money. Um, my husband will tell you that as his first thing that I do. Um, I like to eat quality food and I love to lift weights. Um, so that's a little bit about me and I'm really keen to you know, share some ideas and learn today as well from all the few leaders. Thank you so much, Nisakat, for sharing. And thanks for everyone for sharing. And I'm very happy to have you all as well in the podcast today. Um, but yeah, now that we have it all established our context to each of you, let's move on into the topic in focus. You all have a question or statement on creating a culture to attract and retain top talent. So as usual, I will work around the room asking each of you to pose your question and, and the reasons behind it as well. Um, each of you will have the opportunity to give your take on the situation. So let's start with uh, Mo and your question. So question from you, Mo, is how do leadership styles and developer uh, experience, uh, experience impact with staff retention? Yeah, thank you, Michaela. 
Um, so I guess I'll talk about um, leadership um, styles first. Um, I mean, we know um, in the last few years, uh, there's been a lot more focus on sort of culture and um, rightly so. Um, because I mean, today's market, uh, it's um, like very competitive, as you know. Um, so it's not just about, um, uh, you know, let's say salary and, you know, like things like that. But there's also, you um, yeah, like how the people, you know, um, I guess how people feel um, when they come to work. Um, so, um, yeah, like some of the things that I found um, very helpful um, in my journey, uh, uh, I've started to sort of focus a lot more on things like uh, emotional intelligence, um, doing a lot, um, like a lot of reading on that and looking at, you know, how that impacts themes and relationships between people and just general sort of um, engagement. Um, uh, when it comes to sort of um, developer experience, um, um, I guess what I'd like to talk about is that it's, uh, well, I guess sort of, uh, let's start by defining um, what it is. Um, so to me, it's that sort of um, interaction uh, that devs, um, and when I say devs, um, I don't sort of strictly mean developers. I'm also talking about, you know, QAs, people in security and so on. Um, what type of interactions they have uh, with other teams. Um, like, let's say, um, how easy it is for them to raise a help desk ticket. Um, how long do they have to wait to get something approved? Um, are they getting the right type of hardware and tools um, to do their job? Uh, and I guess one of my roles is to sort of um, remove that friction um, and make it easy for them to focus on uh, what they need to do. Um, I'll use um, one of the quotes from uh, one, of, uh, one of my favorite people, and that's uh, William Deming. And uh, one of his sort of uh, 14 rules um, that he mentioned, uh, he said that um, as leaders, uh, we should really try to basically um, remove the things that sort of uh, rob people of having pride in their work. Um, and and um, when you think about it, actually, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You know, people come in and, you know, um, they want to do work that they're proud of. Uh, but there's a lot of obstacles in that, you know, like in the way, as in, um, are they really sort of doing uh, what they want to do? Or are you just sort of, you know, like dictating that, you know, um, they should do it um, this way or that way? Um, another thing that comes into the equation is, um, I guess, um, how does the uh, organization measure things like um, productivity? Um, there's been a lot of research and articles um, recently um, about that and things like, you know, performance metrics and so on. Um, and um, I've heard of some places, for example, that measure performance based on um, lines of code or, you know, how many um, deployments um, you do um, every day. Um, I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's a good metric, to be honest. And you know, you can't take any one of those things um, in isolation, really. Um, then, sort of, also want to touch on something like um, engagement, um, uh, which has been getting um, a lot more focus as well um, in recent years. And it's a very, very sort of delicate balance. Uh, it's uh, very hard to measure, uh, and it usually sort of involves a lot of uh, trade-offs um, as well. Uh, and um, some of the other things that also, to me, um, impact um, how people uh, feel about their job is uh, something like the uh, tech stack uh, that they have to work with. You know, um, if your technology stack is, you know, 15 years old, um, you'll find a hard time sort of um, retaining people. Uh, if they have to spend, uh, you know, a whole year just fixing bugs in code and stuff like that, and there's no sort of, you know, Greenfields project um, that they can join, um, that's also sort of a flag, really. Um, so it's about that balance between, you know, uh, op, uh, between um, like BAU or uh, operational work and uh, new sort of um, greenfields um, um, projects. Um, a couple of other things that I also found uh, quite um, helpful is to always sort of um, be open to 
changing the structure of the teams. I mean, uh, we work in an agile environment, and I think that you know the form and the shape of the team should change based on that need, and you know, like how they need to interact with certain teams. Like sometimes you'll find a team um, that delivers, you know, X as a service. Um, sometimes you'll find a team that's more of like an enabling team uh, that needs to, you know, like upskill um, another part of the um, organization as well. Uh, yep, that's pretty, thank you. Amazing. Thanks, Mo, for sharing that. Um, Subana, anything you want to add to Mo's question? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, leadership styles, every leader has different leadership style. And uh, developer experience is different as well. In a team, you have a senior developer, junior developer, senior tester, you know. So, uh, to, in my opinion, a leader should be able to adopt to the developer's experience. And what I mean by that is, if you are a junior developer, a leader should understand that and support them. On the same lines, if it is a senior person, he doesn't need that much of handholding. He doesn't need that much of micromanagement, you know. So uh, we should be, as a leader, I think, we should be able to uh, be a situational leaders where you can understand where the person is coming from, what is his perspective, his or her perspective, what support they need, uh, and should be able to support them based on um, based on their experience, based on their skills, based on their requirements. So I think uh, th this to me is uh, having the situational leadership uh, is very important uh, for uh, for us as a leader. Is what I would like to add to what Mo has said. Amazing! Thanks for sharing that, um, Avinash. Anything you want to add? You want to share? Yeah, uh, I think Mo and Suvarna have covered off the key elements there to a very large extent. I think situational leadership is is basically the key words for me here because uh, one thing, the way I look at the relationship between leaders and developers uh, and, and that group of people is if you look at seniority like an x-axis and, you know, skill sets like a y-axis, what you kind of start to see is there's four categories into which, you know, most of these relationships kind of sit. Like Suvarna has already mentioned, you've got self-motivated developers. If you're going to put them with a hierarchical manager, it will cause problems with retention. Uh, if you take a manager who provides a lot of autonomy, but you give it to a lot of junior developers, uh, you tend to give too much responsibility too soon to some people and therefore you then start to see a bad PR mergers, bad coding practices, uh, poor deployment, uh, uh, you know, cultures and those kind of things. So. I think it's important that as we follow the agile model of uh, re-teaming and restructuring teams, it's really important to see compatibility of managers with developers to a very large extent uh, as we do those rotations of people. Uh, because from my experience, what I find is if you take away certain elements of motivation that these individual people have, uh, it has a much more, some of the damage that is caused is more trickle fed over the years. So the motivation starts to fall on day one and it takes about 365 days or longer to do for it to completely fall. But some damages can appear straight away. So there's already a broken relationship between a developer and a manager and you continue the same reporting line for too long, then the person is ready to resign straight away. So I think it's good to measure it on those X and Y axes and see where your people sit. Amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that. Um, Avi, I completely agree. Um, Nusakat, anything you want to add? Yeah, um, look, I think with me, because 
I've only been a people leader for the past like just under two years and I've been experimenting um, what my style is and uh, making mistakes and learning off it and where I've landed is pretty much that I need to be more like an empathic leader who adopts their style depending on the individual. Uh, so very similar to what both Savannah and Avi have mentioned. You know, I have um, individuals or who are superstars. Um, however, the way I communicate with them and you know provide feedback needs to be a very gentle approach um, because the way they receive things, you know, is very different to the way someone else would receive it. So I found that what works with me is to sit down, get to know them very well, what drives them, what motivates them, what excites them, um, and why are they really here. Um, and then to use those things to help them achieve those goals that they you know, want to achieve as a professional, be their cheerleader. So, you know, always sing their praises, uh, give public acknowledgement and credit where it's due. And if there are things that need to be, you know, given like in the form of constructive feedback, give it to them in a way that they can consume it and understand that you're coming from a good place. Um, and it's something that has taken me quite some time to develop that skill because um, we have a vast array of different personalities and skill sets in our domain um, amongst the 40 people. There are people that when you tell them, hey, buddy, you know, you didn't really communicate this well, they take that as a personal like failure or something. Um, so I kind of have to find different ways to give that message, pass it on and give them the space to uh, change things and opportunities to practice different skills. So I often find myself using myself as an example that, hey, you know, remember that presentation I gave and I used the word um too much. How did that make you feel? Did it make me feel less, you know, professional or knowledgeable about what I was saying? And so I kind of find with certain people that works. But um, I think in, in a nutshell, your leadership style needs to adapt to the individual that you are working with. There's not a one size that fits all. And my personal preference is I'm not into being a micromanager. I'm not into lines of code, number of tickets, um, or, you know, prove to me what you've done this week. I like to see the overall outcome as, yes, you are achieving and also laying trust in individuals, right? I've hired you to do a job. I'm going to give you the time and space to do that and trust that you can do that. And, you know, if over time, you know, things aren't working out, I want to give you timely feedback so you can turn things around. Um, so that, that's personally my um, leadership approach. Um, in terms of impacting staff retention, I feel that if you have trust with your employee and your employee trusts that, you know, you will do anything in your power for their benefit or betterment, um, it speaks for itself, you know, like there are times where no matter what you do, people are still going to leave and as a leader, you need to let them spread their wings, right? You know, have new challenges, new opportunities um, and you need to accept that as a leader that you can't always just hold on to people and, you know, make sure the attrition is low. Um, you need to give people that um, space to learn, grow, try new challenges as well. So for me, I'll give you all the opportunities you're after um, and if you choose to leave, I'm even more proud because I've given you that skills and everything that you needed to take that big step for the new exciting challenge that you've got. Yeah, so more empathic and change your style depending on people. Couldn't agree more. And Zakat, thank you so much for sharing that. That is definitely spot on. Um, but yeah, okay, thank you so much for everyone sharing um, your insights regarding 
the most questions. So, but let's move on to Silvana's question. So, Silvana's question is: What are some effective ways of attracting talent in today's post-pandemic market? If we start with you, Silvana. Sure. Um, I think uh, the market is very different now to compare to what it was before the pandemic. Uh, flexibility is a norm now. A hybrid working is a norm now. It's not something uh, that um, that is uh, that doesn't exist anymore. You know, everybody considers that as a part of our uh, work-life balance. You know, so it is really hard to uh, attract talent just based on that uh, criteria. But uh, people are not just looking for flexibility. I think. Uh, people are looking for other opportunities like learning opportunities. Uh, now, when we are working from home, I think people have more time to spend on their self-learning. And uh, as part of attracting talent, if your company is not providing great ways of learning, then it is very hard uh, to attract people. You know, So learning opportunities is definitely a, a key there. Another thing I think is important is uh, how employees see uh, their career growth in the company you know they they want to grow with the company they want to understand how they can spread their wings where they can spread their wings uh, they need to uh, understand uh, how the company is going and where they see themselves in let's say three years from now or five years from now you know they want to know how what difference they bring to the company what difference they what difference their experience makes in the delivery of the software or whatever they are doing you know so yes everybody every individual wants to grow with the company and i think um, even if people are leaving the company i think they should we should treat them till the last day of their employment we should treat them as an employee you know because they are your ambassadors outside when they go out and different companies they are going to talk about your company and tell all the good things that you have done in your in that company you know so uh, it should be like doors are always open for you and we should treat them uh, very nicely so that they speak highly of you and your company as well so i think these are some of the things that we if we do this and of course uh, very happy to hear uh, uh, others thought as well i'm sure there's more to add to it but uh, this is what i think uh, will help us in the long run thanks thank you so much savannah um yeah and great question as well so um tell me Av- avinash what do you think um, regarding to savannah's question yeah, no, I think uh, the, the the things, I guess, uh, as an extension to what she's mentioned, that some of the other areas, I think, what has really materialized for me during recruitment these last few years is incentives are really important. Uh, some of those incentives, uh, Suvarna has already touched upon, like, you know, uh, flexible working arrangements to what, or, or what not. But I also want to kind of uh, want us to look at this from an organization's perspective as well, is that as we get more remote, I think what also happens is that uh, if you are a business that's globally located, you don't have any tax implications on a lot of those remote working arrangements. Uh, if you're primarily an Australian company, it's fairly easy to employ a remote working arrangement, in which case some uh, employments just by their nature can't have that flexibility that most people look for. But having said that, uh, I think we are correct in assuming that when now that we are out of a pandemic, um, flexible working arrangements should become a norm as part of the incentives that everybody offers to allow them to attract that talent. 
uh, and uh, one other way i also think that we should start doing this is i think um, grad programs are really valuable uh, we have uh, partnered with a few colleges here in melbourne that allows us to really encourage uh, fresh grads to come and be a part of engineering or even the larger business for that matter so that they can at least find their niche that they were looking for uh, that they probably don't find in college early on um besides that there's all those fun things like swag and uh, you know uh, esop gives free products out to its employees for example every year uh, and there's those kind of really um, not so important incentives that are just one of those you know cherry on the cake that people might just like uh when you uh, are attracting the other thing i think just want to end this uh, and you know move on is with uh when we do the interview process with candidates i think we really have to keep contractual caveats a little bit flexible and open so that uh when they come and say can we accommodate for this i i need to go on a parental leave after my uh, after my resignation can you please accommodate it into the employment i think we should be open to hearing those aspects as well uh, i think sometimes you can get quite prescriptive with the way we want to follow policy i think it's important that we as leaders work with hr and do our best to modify those policies to attract the right candidate uh, in some of those situations so yeah um, just saw my two cents there amazing thank you so much avi for sharing um nusakat anything that you want to share regarding to that question Yeah so during the pandemic and post pandemic we've had hiring rounds um and for us although we offer all those lovely incentives you know we're a very very flexible working environment um we give you swag we you know they have fun and games at work uh, there's you know wonderful you know, meals laid out when we come into the office from time to time um what it kind of boiled down to us was the bottom line money um and it, it, i was really interested in this question because often with us um in our roles we're not in control of the money or offering um particular figures to candidates um i know in our space at MYB it's the finance team and payroll team um that are responsible for you know negotiating that figure and i found i lost a lot of candidates because they wanted more or there was you know another company that was offering them a whole heap more and they decided to pursue that um opportunity so we kind of started to change our interview style and the things that we shared in those interviews so shorter interview process not 6 or 7 rounds of interviews but two right first one you know are you going to be a culture fit fantastic let's just check out some of your tech skills fantastic we're going to give you an offer and you know we kind of tried to keep our turnaround times for a week you know averaging so that you know we can move fast and get the candidates in um a lot faster but then we also started to share like things about ourselves and the environment that they would be walking into to give them a bit of a feeler of hey is this a place I want to work in is this the kind of colleagues that I want to spend most of my life with while I'm at work um and we found that that made it a little bit easier for us to get candidates um in and then it kind of spread a little bit word of mouth as well that hey I had a wonderful interview experience with you know this domain or team or interviewee interviewer sorry here you know I recommend you go and apply and we started to see that we got a little bit more applicants we got more people in like I'm happy to say Mo was one of those um that you know I uh, did a lot of um selling around the environment and so 
we we use that sort of different tactic to attract talent in because the bottom line is something that is not in our control um so yeah so for me it was just you know around all those sorts of things what you will experience and knowing exactly what you will experience from day one so that you can make a, a decision on what you want to do Thank you so much, Sakat, for sharing. Um, Mo? Thank you. Um, lots of really good points here by everyone. Um, I think I wanted to add, uh, yeah, like we spoke about, you know, like the, the, the uh, I guess, sort of, you know, the monetary sort of value that um, that you'll be offering people. But um, I was reading an article the other day and someone was saying that um, there's more than one currency um, and it really sort of uh, connected with me. And I'd like to talk about uh, sort of brand and reputation. As in, you know, uh, what people what people um, in the industry um, are saying about the company. Uh, you know, is there, is there a certain sort of buzz um, around that company? Uh, is there something that makes them sort of um, unique? Um, do they have a reputation for being, you know, uh, one way uh, one way um, or another? Um, do they host things like uh, meetups, for example? Um, that's a great way um, to get people in uh, through the door. Do they sponsor conferences? Uh, do they do sort of hackathons um, and things like that? Um, and I'd like to add uh, to the point earlier about the grad uh, recruitment. Um, I think um, that's an excellent sort of um, stream. Um, I've tutored at uni myself and uh, yeah, I've managed to sort of get um, a lot of people um, through the door. Um, at Myop here now, we have something called the uh, Developer Program. We have one called the Future Makers Academy. Um, at a previous role, uh, we were also involved in something called the IBL uh, Industry-Based Learning um, Program. Um, and to be honest, I've come across lots of wo- um, wonderful candidates, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think that's a very, very, uh, that's a very, very good way of um, getting in people um, to the door. Um, a couple of other things that I'd like to add as well that I found sort of help, you know, upgrade that buzz is, uh, you know, um, does the company, for example, have a blog somewhere? Um, do they sort of uh, regularly, you know, post on like Medium and LinkedIn and so on? Um, these type of things um, attract um, techies because, I mean, uh, techies love tech and uh, that's why they pick that career and that's why, you know, they work in the industry. So um, a lot of people um, would love to work in a place where they can actually, you know, uh, learn um, new skills. Uh, final point that I'd like to add uh, is on the uh, recruitment process itself. Um, I've come across a lot of job ads before where, you know, they have a long, long list, you know, two or three pages of, you know, must have this and must have that and must have at least minimum this and that. Um, those type of ads sometimes um, scare people away. And yeah, even um, when I'm writing that, I like to keep it short. Um, I like to make sure that I'm highlighting um, the right things uh, and, you know, have a lot of sort of more nice to haves and less sort of uh, must haves, I guess. So, yeah, um, I heard a saying before that, yeah, you know, like in, the, in the, I guess in the sort of uh, inter- interview process generally, um, there's um, two types, really. Um, there's one where people will be looking for reasons not to hire you. And there's one where people will be looking for reasons to hire you. So um, it's, it's down to you, you know, uh, which path you take. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's it for me. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, Ash, do you want to add anything to, to that? No, I, just, I guess I want to just ask a question to everyone what they think about this. Uh, it's just something that I've noticed, but maybe it's just me. But one thing I noticed like uh, before the pandemic and now after the pandemic, um, I think there was a time before the pandemic when people would also kind of accept a lower salary because they would love the culture that we are welcoming them to. Uh, however, now with the inflation and the cost of living stuff, it looks like 
the work culture doesn't matter as much as much as the salary does and i was just kind of curious to see if you guys see the same thing or are you seeing a different trend to what i'm seeing here no definitely it is i think because of the scarcity of talent it's been around for a while now is a cat yeah 100% avi um it's it's a a a person's market whatever that term is where the person looking for a role it's their market it's not the opposite where companies are um you know have a spoil for choice with candidates so yeah that's it, a candidate's market right now um i think the environment and culture and all that is not a important factor in choosing roles these days because of the remote working so your environment is your safe space your culture is the culture that you're going to create in your safe space at home or you know co-working space or wherever it may be a cafe uh, so that's not important the important now is the bottom line because people are now understanding their skill sets are high in demand that they as a candidate are in demand and they're very spoilt for choice so they're just not going to take any negotiated salary or you know um Uh, what's that word I'm looking for they're not going to um just you know say okay I'll choose this company because they've got great branding and great reputation out in the organization they'll be like no I need to think of me because the future is uncertain right so that's something we've learned throughout the pandemic because uh, if I think for myself personally my next step would be that too you know can this new role support the kind of lifestyle I want uh, give me the things I want because the environment is me at home in my office behind a computer screen for 40 you know for most of the week so um yeah it's all that is not important anymore and that's why it's the bottom line and that's why it's a little bit challenging getting those candidates through the door these days yeah mai do you want to share anything to that yeah thank you um, i just want to add um so it's definitely a tough time as we all know uh yeah, with the economic conditions and everything that's happening so um yeah that part has definitely sort of um moved up uh, people's list um from my side like what i tell people sometimes is also um to sort of consider you know like uh what would you get um, out of that role as in you know let's say you have you know two roles um, um, in front of you um role a uh, pays a little bit more um but maybe uh, the direction that it's headed in uh it's not sort of uh, doesn't sort of offer a lot of uh, transferable skills uh whereas uh, sort of um, opportunity b pays a little bit less but uh it will introduce you um to a new uh new type of technology or new sort of uh sort of um, area of working um and that's something that will help you in your next role so it's more of like um which role is a better stepping stone to the role after it as well i think thank you amazing yeah very good question there vinash and good insights from from all of you definitely something that i feel like everyone is finding very challenging these days as well so thanks for all sharing um all right we're going to move on we're going to um let's change direction slightly um nusakat i'm going to go with you and i'm going to ask you how would you retain high potential team member um who have been in the company for quite some time and feel undervalued or demotivated You know what, Michaela? I'm going through this exactly uh, with some of my team members uh, at the moment. So, the, the space that we're in, um, we have a lot of uh, long-term employees um, who have done amazing. You know, they've started off as grads and they've moved up through the ladder um, and have reached the you know positions they're in today. 
Um, and all of us go through peaks and troughs in our career where we are highly engaged and then we lose a little bit of motivation and then somehow we find it again. And so what, what I've been doing um, with those individuals is, you know, I, I listen to them and try and understand, you know, what's causing them to feel this way um, and, you know, what would be a way that I could motivate them and how can I help to make them feel more valued, um, you know, and to be open and clear and honest with them as well. So, you know, things that I found have helped um, with a couple of my team members have been to, you know, give them a different challenge. Uh, so it could be in the form of a new responsibility added to uh, their role or even a new role altogether. I have had um, one team member of mine who was just no longer driven by the role that he was in. Um, however, when every time I'd catch up with him, he'd talk about something that he'd been tinkering on the side on the weekend, which was more development focused. Um, and so I offered to him, hey, how about you want, You spend 50% of your time doing some development roles? And then I started to see that spark in him come back. And now he's full time in that development role and he's so much more engaged now. So I find sometimes, you know, a little bit of new responsibilities or a change in career direction helps. Um, secondments as well, a great way to get people excited and try new things and validate whether this new thing is for them or not. Um, stretch goals. So some of my BAs are, you know, really well seasoned practitioners and they've reached that ceiling of the challenge um, in their BAs, uh, BA skill set. So I start to give them some stretch goals, you know, do some PM focused things if you're interested in that space. If you're inter interested in, you know, being a delivery manager or a delivery lead, take some things off of my um, plate and start owning those things. So I found that stretch goals also helped um, to motivate people again and sometimes even a different project in a different space. So I currently have a senior team member right now who feels has done everything in our space and wants a different kind of challenge. So I've suggested how about my sister domain who were doing, you know, full stack development and that's a different kind of challenge for him. He's going to have to learn some product thinking, strategic thinking around that product. Um, let's try, you know, having some time in that domain and learn new things. Um, and in terms of, you know, feeling undervalued, I think it's very important um, as leaders to celebrate things that our team members and individuals do, right? And to make it seem sincere and not forced um, and to not get to that undervalued point. Um, so, you know, I, I like to do things where once a week we do a, a, you know, a recognition sort of thing, you know, and you go around the um, the team and you say hey you know I'd like to thank X for helping me with this and then we all clap and we celebrate and um, we celebrate little milestones as well that we achieve um, professional and personal milestones so I like to keep my team members and employees you know uh, proud of the things that they're doing and boost their confidence by doing just these little you know thank you I really appreciate what you've done there you've gone above and beyond um, etc etc so um, yeah so you know it's, it's about that individual what's uniquely motivating for them and working with them to find how can you get that motivation back you know I, I would never hand down to someone I think you should do this and you'll get your motivation back it's about you know getting them to come to that realization and then you finding that opportunity for them exactly I completely agree with that thanks for sharing that um Sivana what are your thoughts on this question mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree with Ms. Akhet what she has said. I think uh, the main thing is uh, listening to them, uh, understanding what they need, you know, uh, understanding what motivates them. Uh, and uh, yeah, people get to the stage, they go through ups and downs, they get to the stage where um, it is not very challenging for them and they are looking for some other opportunities. And as a manager, I think it is our responsibility to, to support them and to help them find those opportunities. Uh, I think at the same time, uh, something that has helped um, uh, is also having personal development plans and let them take control of their personal development plan, let them dictate what they want to do, where they want to be, and, you know, just helping them achieve those uh, small goals, you know, setting some smart goals uh, and achieving those targets make them uh, feel, uh, you know, it's it's a feel-good factor when you achieve something, uh, no matter where you are at your career. So I think just helping them uh, get to that stage um, and uh, supporting them uh, along their journey uh, is really important. Uh, I mean, that's the way you can make them feel valued and, of course, recognizing their efforts uh, as they move uh, you know, up in their journey is important as well. Thanks. Thanks so much, Savannah. Um, Mo, any thoughts on this question? Uh, yep, so I totally agree with everything that Nuz and Sivana added, um, and especially the listening part. Um, we, yeah, like that's something I think uh, a lot of managers don't do is they don't listen enough. You know, everyone will just come in and talk, and you know, like on your first day on a new job, oh, I'm going to change everything, kind of thing. Um, probably not a good idea. Um, I mean, people are generally uh, they want to feel valued, as in, um, are you taking their input when you're talking about roadmap and you know uh, what type of work um, they're going to be working on. Um, does the whole sort of team or group have sort of clarity on uh, sort of um, like what they're supposed to do? And also something that uh, um, that Nuz mentioned earlier is um, secondments. Um, so for example, um, you could have like a senior dev uh, who's getting sort of a little bit bored of their role. Um, how about you send them over to the data team for, you know, uh, three to six months or maybe they want to get involved in a project relating to security or, you know, uh, something like that as well. Um, and I normally find with like uh, motivation, um, uh, it's sometimes at the small wins. Uh, and I know that was kind of uh, mentioned earlier. Um, so I like always sort of uh, tell myself and uh, people in my team as well to sort of, you know, like if you get to the end of the day and there's that, you know, that little small win that you've um, that you've achieved, something you've learned, something you've fixed, a process that you've improved, or someone you helped, um, that gives me sort of sense of um, satisfaction and um, and sort of um, achievement. And then over time, those little sort of wins will help sort of um, change the direction and hopefully sort of in an upward um, trajectory. So, thank you. Thanks, Mo. Thanks for sharing. Um, Avi? Yeah, got to the mic. Yeah. So um, I guess where I wanted to kind of touch upon some areas here is that being undervalued and uh, feeling demotivated and the solutions surrounding it kind of varies depending on, again, uh, how what's the tenure of the person in the company and, and what's uh, how junior are they in the industry at the moment and how long have they been at a company as well. So for somebody who's new, we have to get back as a manager to why did we get them here? What did we see in them and what spark did we see in them that we hired them for? Um, but what's really essential with junior people when we hire them is one-on-ones are really important. That's what I find really valuable. And having a structured one-on-one is even more valuable. Like, you know, I think what happens with one-on-ones today is it's it's a free coffee in most cases. And, you know, it's a place where 
people are complaining about the last episode of Game of Thrones or perhaps the footy match that went badly the weekend. So I think it's about going, how was your week? How did this last sprint for you work out or last month for you work out? Is there anything I can do to change in the interim to make you feel valued? Or even, you know, is there something that's going wrong that I can fix straight away? That allows for an agile way of looking at maintaining somebody's motivation uh, through the uh, course of their tenure with us. Um, training and development, somebody has already touched upon it. Uh, it's essentially very important that we give them opportunities to go certified for courses that they are passionate about. Uh, it's important that we set aside budgets for them to spend on so that we don't get too pedantic on how much is being spent so that they feel completely enabled to go develop themselves uh, and then we should be vested in their success as a result of that. But when we look at more experienced members of the company who have been here five years or above, what we now have to start looking at is they have done everything they can in that space what is the work they are looking for to find that drive? Like, you know, uh, Nazakat and Sorana both have touched upon it to a certain extent saying, pick up that new challenge that we can offer them, go ahead and, and solve that problem. And for that, I think as leaders, we also have to learn to fail with them as a result of delegating those responsibilities. I think sometimes we attach our image to our successes and we when we let other people take on some of, uh, you know, a new challenge that they've never done before, we have to give them the space to fail. Otherwise, it feels very unsafe. And that's where a lot of the devaluing and the demotivation comes from. And we have to also be very honest with them about career progressions. I think what happens a lot is I, after the pandemic, I've seen companies changing structures so much that you kind of struggle to see which direction do I progress in? Because do I go horizontally? Do I go vertically? The person who moved me horizontally has now moved away. So what do we do about that kind of worries that happen? We have to really give a person an idea of where their strengths lie and create space for creating those roles for them to grow into. And finally, I think the mentoring style for experienced members also changes. Like I said, it's important to kind of go. They have to drive their own motivations in that sense is, is my personal opinion about it. I think as you mature in the industry, as you do more work, I think you are responsible for your own fate. And I think a lot of the times you should just come and say, I see a gap there. I would like to go fill that gap. What can I do to come fill that gap? And I also, and that's where I feel as leaders, we should also be kind to ourselves. Uh, we can show people the path, we can create avenues for growth, but I do think at some point with experience, an individual is responsible for their own fate as well. But yeah, that, I'll, I'll kind of stop there because uh, uh, I think every one of us has touched upon it quite well in that sense. Yeah, I think definitely this is a very passionate topic that I'm about. I think we can talk about this all day. It's so many challenges and ways of going around this topic, I feel. Uh, but no, thanks so much for everyone sharing. Great, great um, insights from all of you. Um, but yeah, last but not, definitely, definitely not least, um, Avi, um, how can we manage employee morale and um, where there is a stream of resignations in a company. Yes, yeah, so um, uh, so this question is something that's always been lurking in my mind somewhere because I imagine everyone has seen it in some capacity in the course of their careers. Uh, and having worked from everywhere between consultancies to startups to product teams, this kind of, the way you manage this kind of varies so drastically that I was just curious to get everyone's thoughts on it. Uh, but, you know, 
the, the question probably stems from the fact that let's say uh, over the years that you've worked in a company, you've obviously created allies, right? And that's your managers and the managers' managers. And there's an environment that's curated as a result of those relationships. And sometimes when by pure coincidence or another reason, there's like five or six resignations at a certain point in time in the senior leadership, for example, that then starts to create nervousness amongst the members of your teams and then what does that mean for them and those kind of things, right? Empathy comes straight on the top of the head saying we have to temper their worries. We have to be frank with them and transparent with them about the change and why it's happening and those kind of things. But I just wanted to shoot this question out to everyone and how have you managed it in your workplaces and uh, how did you personally handle it as well? I'm sure it's as difficult for you as a leader as it is for our teams as well. So what are some of your strategies of dealing with it? I will let you kick that off, uh, Mai. Um, thank you, Avi. That's a great question. Um, so I think it's very important as leaders uh, to try and uh, remain calm, I guess, is the first thing. Uh, and also sort of um, try and get the sort of nerves of everyone in the team to sort of, yeah, uh, calm down a bit. Um, so things like offering support, uh, being genuine as well. Um, uh, I know it sort of sounds obvious, but uh, yeah, uh, um, people can see through, um, 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 sort of I see through that. Um, being honest, um, sort of uh, sharing what's happening, um, being clear on sort of uh, what the challenges will be. Um, but um, something else that I tell people is I think it's very important, like let's say you have, you know, um, two seniors in a team have left, um, don't go out and straight away hire two more seniors. Um, yeah, like someone leaving a job uh, is uh, uh, is a great opportunity for someone already in the team to sort of, you know, grow and step into that role. Um, so, yeah, um, like there's always a positive and sometimes, you know, you kind of have to stop and look at, um, you know, look at the glass being um, half full. Um, a couple of other things that will help as well, because, yeah, like with a lot of people leaving, there'll be changes in workloads and things like that. So you probably have to sort of uh, adjust your expectation uh, with regards to the team uh, velocity. Uh, you might be able to get sort of help uh, from another team or get like a common, get someone else, you know, from another team to kind of step in and help them um, for a while. So uh, I found that helpful as well. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks. Thanks, Mo, for sharing. Um, Subana, I'll go with you next. Yeah, I think uh, I definitely agree with all that Mo has said. Uh, very good points there. Uh, but I think communication is the key here. Uh, and having open and regular communication with your teams. And uh, maybe if there are so many resignations, uh, it has to come right from the top management. What is happening, why this is happening, or what they are doing to stop this happening further uh, needs to be there. And as a manager, I think we have to be in touch with our employees, with regular one-on-ones, you know, understanding everybody is feeling differently. Everybody, every individual is different and everybody is feeling differently. So yes, uh, having that uh, being genuine and uh, just staying calm and working uh, working through with your team is really important. And I think uh, if you have created a culture where people can share safely, you know, people can um, uh, support each other, then the team itself will support each other. It is always, if, if one people leaves the team, the people feels them. Uh, the team feels the impact. So if there are multiple people leaving the team, there will be a big impact on their workload, um, 
uh, in general just uh, the stress that they go through mentally you know because uh, um, it is hard to accept uh, somebody's leaving uh, so we just have to be supportive as managers and um, uh, yeah work through uh, what that means for every individual work through what that means for teams you know and as most said correctly somebody's loss is somebody's gain so uh, it is always there is always opportunities for others to sort of uh, get into a, a different role or uh, um, you know go up the ladder so uh, yes i think these are some of the important things that uh, will help us thanks amazing thanks sivana great insight from your side and last but not least uh, nisakat hi so yeah we had something similar um just recently with a very um a pivotal senior team member who uh, decided to you know spread his wings and uh, seek other opportunities and uh, he left behind a team of juniors that he was mentoring um and so what what we did was we gave people the space to go through their range of emotions that you naturally would um you know sit down listen to them you know give that empathetic um ear to them and you know let them get everything off their chest and try and be calm understand the situation they're going through and not really offer solutions to things because that's not the right point in time to be doing that right um i also try to share facts that i knew you know people were scared um why you know why is he left what's happened you know what was wrong with uh, this team this domain the work we're doing and so i shared facts that i knew to be true and helped uh, nip gossip in the butt you know no that is untrue it was not because of that this is the actual facts you know and so actually helped the team members feel supported and um uh know that delivery will slow down um and to share that with stakeholders with senior leadership that we have had an impact to this team so i am deliberately slowing down delivery in this team i'm deliberately making um choices on the types of work that i will give this team so that they are set up for success rather than setting them up for too many challenges and then you know more people have the desire to seek work elsewhere um I also would sit down with individuals one on one to see how they're feeling. Um they've just lost, you know, a family member that they've worked with for the past how many years. What can I do to make, you know, things more comfortable for them to help them accept that this person has chosen to move forward? Um I also seeked uh mentorship and additional team members from within our space to, you know, shuffle teams around so that they have adequate support um to be able to do the things that they've got planned for them and also to remind them that this is a fantastic opportunity for you now. Uh you get to lead things that normally you would not have because people naturally leaned on the senior. So you get to step up. You get to have all those additional opportunities. You get to progress in your career trajectory a little bit faster now. Um so yeah so it's just all those things that everyone's touched on here you know being calm being open honest transparent um and just reminding people of the positives and not fixating on the negatives and you know the situation at hand yes validate that it's happened accept it but now it's time to you know think about the positives and the benefits you can get out of this particular scenario. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for everyone sharing all the insights and an amazing questions as well. Great answers to towards it. Anyone want to share anything else regarding this last question? 
Amazing. So, yeah, just on a final note, like I would like to say thank you so much for all our guests for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation. Once again, our guests on today's podcast have been Mo Abbas from MYOB, Suvana Kulkarni from Gentrax, Abhinash Vishwakumar from ASOP, and we had as well Nusakad Ali from MYOB. Um, if you are hiring for a technical role or looking for a new role, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too as well. I am Michaela and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at michaela.mcdougall at evolutionjobs.com.au or you can also visit us on evolutionjobs.com slash au. Thanks again to all our guests and thank you for listening and we hope you all enjoy and join us next time. Thanks so much.